Hello, everyone, and welcome to yet another episode of the Long Podcast Studio Sessions. I'm your host, Dylan Mark Murphy, and I would hope you knew that by now. I assume if you've listened to the other 35 episodes that I've put out, you know who I am. I also say it in everyone, just in case you forget. Um, I'm so, 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 so excited today for today's episode because we're talking about my all-time favorite song, The Story of Us. Also, not only is that a great thing, because I'm so excited to talk about it, I'm also talking about it with someone that I think is one of the sweetest and most passionate people I know. So this is a double whammy for me. I get to talk about my favorite song with one of my favorite people. This is mind boggling. Um, I'm going to pass it over to Gracie. Gracie, go ahead and tell us like what your favorite Taylor Swift album is and then how long you've been a Swifty. Drop all the details. Drop everything now. (laughs) (laughs) I love that reference. Um, Hi, I'm Gracie. My favorite Taylor Swift album is Speak Now. Um, I've been a Swifty since I think 2008 or 2009. I remember hearing um, Love Story and You Belong With Me on the radio like all the time. And I love those two songs so much. And I've been a Swifty ever since then. So yeah. And I love the story of us. I'm so excited to be here with Dylan talking <laughs> about it. I'm so excited. And those are bangers. That's You're like a, like an early Swifty too. So that's oh, the, yeah. around the same time for for me as well. So I'm so excited to talk about this. We're going to jump right in and get to know a little bit about Gracie and also why the story of us is our favorite song. One of our favorite Taylor Swift songs. I'm stoked. Um, Let's jump right in. Why is the story of us one of your favorite Taylor Swift songs? There's so many reasons. Like I wrote notes for this and this like just the first question is like a whole page. I don't want to like take an hour for this but um I love the like pop rock influence on this song like I got really into like pop punk in high school and stuff and I love that Taylor kind of incorporated those elements into this song I love the story that it tells because I think it's so relatable to like everyone whether it's like a former partner or an ending friendship or you can feel like your relationship is about to end and you have to like be in the same room as that person you're like do I sit by you do I sit across the room I love that and I also I'm a sucker for things that are underrated like this is one of her worst performing singles (laughs) (laughs) and I'm just like why like it's so good I don't understand why and I also just love the music video so I I really do love everything about it that's I love I love that for you I I 100% agree I don't understand why this is one of her most underperforming singles when it has a lot of the elements that her better performing singles like have. Yeah, exactly. Like I knew you were trouble and, um, um, we are never ever getting back together. Very similar pop rock elements. And it's, it's like, I feel like this song just got overshadowed maybe because it came a little later in the era, but it got overshadowed a lot. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, I really love this song. I wish, I wish it did perform better, but I'm also like, I feel like it has a really strong cult following from the fans. And I feel like it not being one of like main singles kind of makes it one of those really big songs for the fans themselves. You know what I mean? 100%. This is the song that I will be gatekeeping. And (laughs) when it did briefly blow up on TikTok for like the, I've never heard silence quite this loud trend. And I was just like, stop it. Stop it right now. (laughs) Y'all don't even know this song. You don't even know what album it's from. (laughs) Literally. You've never heard this entire, you can't sing any more than just that part. Back off. No, I... I am, I won't, I, I will gatekeep this song. I'm not joking. Um, and I, I respect everyone with their enchanted things, but enchanted is such a big fan favorite and it wasn't even a single. So it's like, yeah, I know. And that's also like, don't get me wrong. I love enchanted so much too, but I'm also like, why did enchanted blow up? Like fucking crazy right. while well, the story of us is like left in the shadows right. <laughs> especially when like I I sometimes my brain like forgets that speak now had singles because right. every time I think about the singles I'm like okay I know that back to December was one because it got a music video and I've watched it a hundred times and the story of us was the first like Taylor Swift music video that I ever saw so I think that's probably why it's my favorite but I always forget about mine and mm-hmm mean <laughs> the other one <laughs> and I'm just like I feel like they're they're so it, 
uh, I don't know. I just feel like the story of us is like one of the strongest singles, but it was released so late that people were like, well, yeah, you know, yeah, <laughs> honestly, like I feel like speak now, even though it is my favorite album, I feel like the singles, like you said, like they didn't really have their moment to shine, like going from that to red, like I knew you were trouble and we are never, ever getting back together. They had such iconic music videos. They were played on the radio, like all the time. Like I didn't really get that experience with speak now with the singles at least. Yeah. And I think like lots of the, like, well, love story and you belong with me will always be played on the radio forever. And we're lucky if we get mine on the radio that's not at a grocery store like I, <laughs> I Taylor Swift speak now is the retail friendly album that is played in the grocery stores I hate um, to say it but yeah it's kind yeah. of true I hear like I worked in a grocery store and I heard more speak now songs than I heard 1989 songs and I was very I was shocked but they played Honestly, like kind of surprising like they played shake it off every now and then but they played mine uh superman um if this was a movie um oh they went bonus tracks on yeah they're such (laughs) random choices but they played like a lot of those and i was very confused but i was you know i love speak now so i was like let's go but also what is happening (laughs) yeah honestly i worked at target for a while and they would only play like me and you need to calm down. <laughs> Those are the and only Taylor Swift songs. There are no other Taylor Swift songs. <laughs> it's just me and you need to calm down. That's mm-hmm. her entire discography. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> yeah, according to my mom, but um, <laughs> but okay. Um, do you think that this song makes sense on this album in general? And I want to tie this into the interpretation of what the Speak Now album is as a whole, because you mentioned the storytelling aspects of it. Um, I feel like the story of us and storytelling go hand in hand. <laughs> um, but yeah. I'm curious, do you think that this song makes sense on this album in general? I definitely think it makes sense on this album in some, in like more ways than not, but um, like it is kind of a breakup song. It's kind of a situationship song mm-hmm. more than it is a breakup song, but I feel like it's, surrounded by a lot of songs that are that surround around the idea of or concept of relationships and I think that's why it works for this album um the way that it's different from the rest of speak now is like the instrumentality kind of the way um the song sounds not necessarily the lyrics um like it's surrounded by songs like dear john last kiss like back to december like all of these like really powerful like ballads and really slow meaningful songs and this one is more like you can listen to it when you're sad or you can listen to it when you just like want to party so I really like that versatility of it Um, and I think it kind of brings that new element to speak now that it would be lacking otherwise. Absolutely and I love that you said that it's a, a situationship song because it doesn't necessarily have to be a relationship song and I think that this is going to bring me to my next question, the track placement specifically, because it's sandwiched between two other songs that aren't about relationships, because you go beyond Never Grow Up, you get Enchanted, Better Than Revenge, uh, Last Kiss, lots of these songs that are about breakups, and you go before, oh, I hit the wall, you go before (laughs) Mean, you get like Sparks Fly and Back to December, Dear John, all those relationship-based songs. So I totally agree with you. I think that it makes perfect sense, and I've said it a billion times that if the story of us, and I know people love Sparks Fly, but if the story of us and Sparks Fly were on red, people would eat them up they would yeah. it, it fits the vibe of red so much and you could throw it anywhere because the track list for red doesn't make any sense so <laughs> you could literally put it anywhere on the album and people would be like oh my god this is the best thing I've ever heard um but yeah I, I think that also contributes like what we were talking about how underrated speak now as an album is like I feel like especially with the re-recording of red just now coming out people are like oh red's my new favorite Taylor Swift album and all of this and it's like when will Speak Now get its moment to shine? Um, maybe when the re-recordings come, but. Cross. <laughs> I, I talked about this a lot in the Dear John episode too, but I really hope she gives Speak Now what she gave Red because she did not give Fearless what she gave Red. 
I hope she just doesn't treat it like evermore like sis <laughs> she's just gonna drop it and then just she's gonna be like surprise speak now out now and then it's like she will get like an enchanted re-recording single like she did wildest dreams and then she's gonna disappear that's the end yeah the it's the new era reputation era is the speak now re-recording era <laughs> into the reputation era she just disappears <laughs> and then she'll come yeah. back and randomly drop reputation um so leading into that next question do you think the track placement makes sense because it's in between mean which is uh mm, a little more of an adolescent kiss off song and then you've got never grow up which is still about your adolescence and whatnot and growing up and all that jazz and this song is sonically very different than both of them yeah for sure still makes sense to be put between them honestly like the track placement on this doesn't really make that much sense to me but at the same time the whole track listing of speak now doesn't make sense to me that much either it's not as like jarring as red is in terms of the track list but honestly you could shuffle this whole album and it would make just almost exactly the same amount of sense you know what I mean yes 100% and I love okay people always talk about like how incohesive like Taylor Swift albums are or something and then Mm -hmm. Folklore came out and everyone's like this is so cohesive it's so good and that's because most of the songs sound the same they have very similar instrumentals and if you want a cohesive album I guess you just have to use the same instruments for every single song so I I agree 100% with that and I don't think like you said the track list matters because the whole point of the album are like these are things I wish I had said Mm -hmm. and it's like exactly and that's what we were talking about earlier with like I feel like that's not the point of the album the point of the album is not for it to be cohesive the point is for each song to be something that she has been wanting to say right that she hasn't been able to they all tell their own stories it's not about one big long story um and there are albums that serve that purpose but that's not the point of speak now and I don't like when people try to force it into that lens because that's not what it's about exactly not every every album needs to have a perfect cohesive track list like aside from 1989 I don't think that she has a track list that that tells a specific story all the way through because 1989 is so specific and in the liner notes of the album it's like Mm -hmm. tells like a very specific story and like this album is set up how she wanted it to be set up which is here are our 17 things that I wish I had said and there's no specific order it's just pure chaos all the way Mm -hmm. through it and yeah the only exception obviously is the track fives which I think are in place for a reason but besides that like you can move the whole album backwards pretty much it would still be just as good so and I feel like like people always talk about it I'm curious to know do you think there's another song on speak now that could be track five because I know like dear John is iconic it's Mm -hmm. an incredible song um I know lots of people say that last kiss could have been a track five do what are your thoughts on do you think there's any other song on speak now that could have been a track five or is it just dear John period um I feel like if let's say Dear John is still on the album. I feel like that's definitely track five. If we're saying Dear John is like totally removed, like it doesn't exist. First of all, really sad about that. But <laughs> I feel like uh, Last Kiss would be my next pick. And if not that, then probably back to December because I feel like those are both really hard hitting. Like, honestly, I think Last Kiss is up there with like all too well with how soul crushing it is. So true. So true. You can't uh, see so. it because we're on a podcast, but I just threw my fist. <laughs> I have lots of feelings. Uh, um, and then honestly, back to December, I feel like that song also gets overlooked a lot by like the general public, but it's the one song where people are like, uh, well, a lot of people say, well, Taylor Swift always like is the victim and she never says like, it was my fault, but like in back to December, that's literally what she's saying. And it's like, how are you just going to ignore this song and it's so beautifully written too so I feel like that could also be a track five absolutely and I think that that has a people say what was it um like the storytelling you get in all too well where she actually starts from like the beginning and you get all the way till the end and 
I know when I talked about it with my cousin, he was like, in comparison, All Too Well is better than Dear John because you get the entire story and not just the breakup where Mm -hmm. Dear John is talking a lot about like the aftermath and kind of like, oh, I did this. It wasn't enough. I did this. It wasn't enough. And then we fell apart. I feel like Last Kiss does a great job at like giving you the entire arc of the relationship. And it's, it's, yeah, it's a six minute song, six minute something song, but it's, it but does it's like we just got all too well 10 minute version literally ate no it one, up, so <laughs> no one cares about the time lengths anymore it's like <laughs> she she I feel like last kiss gets the storytelling job done and could 100% be a track five and compete with all too well for I think all too well five minute version where you're could compete with her for like her best songwriting. I, in my opinion, I think Last Kiss yeah, is- Yeah, I agree. Something that I literally wrote an essay about all too well, like for my class, but um, something that I pointed out was like, Taylor is so good at pinpointing specific moments in her life that she just remembers like so vividly and can describe them. And that's what makes it so heartbreaking when you realize like, oh, she doesn't have this anymore. And I think that also shows on Last Kiss, like, a lot, like, how he would walk with his hands in his pockets, and he would kiss her when she was in the middle of saying something, like, those very specific things, and it's, like, people will think, oh, my ex used to do that, and stuff like that, and it makes it so heartbreaking (laughs) and so (laughs) tragic. 100%. It's so specific and vague at the same Mm -hmm. time, because it's her life, but it's also, like, could apply to numerous situations. And I think the story of us specifically does a great job at that. It, she's just a mastermind. And I, yeah, pretty much. I, I would <laughs> die for this woman and her songwriting. <laughs> um, so long story short, Taylor Swift is a genius. That's why we're here. We've been new. We're here. Yeah. <laughs> um, so do you think, cause we're the, the, uh, the instrumentation of this song, obviously gives us red vibes and uh, sometimes fearless with like songs like forever and always and tell me why um mm-hmm. do you think this song would work well on any other album um yes i originally said that this song would work well on red like we have so many songs on red that give off not necessarily rock vibes but kind of rock influence on it like state of grace and stuff like when you open an album like that i feel like that sets you up for a song like the story of us but then you know obviously they're not on the same album um and so I feel like that's the song like that's the album that I would go with for saying which one it would go with the best but I really like that it's on speak now because like I said without it the pacing of the album would kind of be really slow like there's a lot of slower more downbeat songs on speak now and I feel like fans probably wouldn't like it as much if it if you didn't have a break from all of the slow sadness kind of vibe like you need something a little bit more upbeat to keep people's attention absolutely and I think like most of her albums do that where they give you you know you've got a lot of ballads or a lot of um heartbreaky songs and then you've got one that's really really upbeat which is you know you could listen to which one is it oh my god the first like five I oh I think it's folklore the first five tracks are like really really sad and then you get to track six and mirrorball is still really sad but it's more of like a it's got like a mystical feeling to it because of the instrumentation and then seven is there which brings you back down and then you've got (laughs) august and you're (laughs) going back up and you're like I went from the side character to the main character and then this is me trying so putting those I think they're so perfectly executed specifically on speak now where she's putting the upbeat songs after ballads or in a place where you don't have to sit and, you know, listen to her cry for seven tracks in a row. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I definitely agree. And it's like, same thing with speak now, kind of that kind of pyramid element of Mm -hmm. to it, because we have mean, which is that's more upbeat. Like that's kind of like banjo-y and, um, you have a song that's not about breakups or anything. I mean, it's still a really sad concept, but yeah. uh, then you go to the story of us, which kind of takes you even higher with like the upbeatness. So I feel like it kind of does come to a point and then it like goes back down and then we finish out with like last kiss and then mm-hmm. um, long live and stuff like that. Right. Right. And you've got 
so many tracks on Speak Now that do the job of like the the up, down, left, right, going every direction. So that like, you're like always on your toes when you listen to this album. And <laughs> like, you're like, if first time listening through, it's like, if I there are so many people that I know just have not listened to this album all the way through. There are lots of folklore, evermore, brand new Swifties who I know 100% haven't listened to this album in tracklist mm-hmm. order. And I think it's interesting that that she does that so many times in this album specifically, and then really goes at it with Red, where she places things like, we are never, ever getting back together next to Stay, 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 which are quite literally the opposite songs. (laughs) But they're both so upbeat and happy. Right, right. And it's like a whole different, a whole different vibe that you're giving Mm -hmm. with two different songs it's she blows my mind oh go on for days about I guess I am going on for days about this woman because uh, this is my life now <laughs> you have a whole podcast about got a it. whole podcast about it we still got like 110 more songs to go so um <laughs> so what's your favorite part from this song that can be a lyric it can be an instrumental moment be the way she says a specific word whatever it may be what is your favorite part of this song That's so hard. Honestly, um, I've always loved the part, even before it was a TikTok trend. So I don't want anyone coming out me. But when (laughs) when people, uh, uh, whenever she goes, I never heard silence quite this loud. And then it's silent. Like, I think that's just, that's always been such a hype moment for me. Like, I was like, she did that. (laughs) She really did that. Um, Mm -hmm. I also love just like the guitar breakdown, like in the music video, you can see like the band members going just so crazy (laughs) during the, during that like breakdown uh, where it's just instrumental. And I I just think that's so brilliant. And I'm like, she wrote this all by herself. Mm -hmm. Are you kidding me? (laughs) It's baffling to me. Mm -hmm. I, 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 the, the silence never heard silence quite this loud is I think one of the most iconic parts of any of her songs like mm-hmm. the brief silence afterwards you're just like excuse me Taylor <laughs> Swift <laughs> you can't see it but I did just gasp and take a dramatic pause <laughs> um, um but she she really sets you up for that I love those parts and the part where it's like right before the bridge I think where she says or it's right after the bridge where she says the story of us might be ending soon and she like goes mm-hmm. up on the soon and I, I, every time she does it my ears I'm just like <laughs> I feel blessed, like a new person. You're taken to another dimension. <laughs> another dimension via one word, one singular yeah. word. So go off Taylor Swift. Um, while we're talking briefly about the music video, um, I think, I want to know if you get the same vibes. I feel like because of the time it came out, um, it makes perfect sense. And because of who she was friends with, it makes perfect sense. But every time I watch the music video, it just gives me like mad gossip girl vibes. Like oh, yeah. <laughs> every time I watch it. <laughs> And the thing is, like, I love, I've always loved that kind of aesthetic, like old school, like uniforms. Like, I honestly, I went to a private school, wore uniforms, hated it. It was nothing like this. But like, this is the life that I wish I had at private school was just like fancy, like huge room with like a lot of tables, big library. Like, I love it. I love it so much. That's, it's it's such an, it's such an iconic and specific music video for like the time period. And I think that that's uh, like you can't take that music video and give us the exact same thing today because it would give completely different vibes but I just feel like Gossip Girl was kind of at its peak in like 2010 2011 and this music video coming out at the same time I it inspired me to watch all of Gossip Girl so good job Taylor Swift and Blake Lively (laughs) she really did that we really did that thank you thank you um Okay, so we, we've talked about it a lot. Um, I feel like there's almost an obvious answer here, but sometimes people trick me and swoop from underneath. So I'm excited to hear, what would you rate this song on a scale from one to 13? I would, if I could go above 13, I would. But since you said a scale of one to 13, I'll give it like a solid 13, 100%. Um, there's so. absolutely nothing wrong with it. Nothing I can... say bad about it and I don't want people to listen to this and think I'm going to say that about all of Taylor Swift songs that's not true I definitely don't I have songs I don't like as much but this song like there's nothing absolutely nothing wrong with it you don't love every single Taylor Swift song (laughs) even a Swifty I can't believe this oh no it's my TikTok comments again (laughs) 
I only bring diehard Swifties on my podcast, so I'm going to go re-record this episode. <laughs> um, I, I 100% agree. Okay, along with the story of us, this is my, my hot seat question. What two or three other songs would you give a 13? Like from Speak Now or just out of her discography? Her entire discography. Oh my gosh. Um, that's a really difficult one. Honestly, recently I've been super into Treacherous from Red. I love the bridge. I love the buildup and especially like Taylor's version took it to a whole new level with the instrumentals. So I, I would probably say Treacherous. And then um, from Folklore, honestly, I love Mirrorball. It's a very divisive track. I know a lot of people who hate that song, but <laughs> it's been it's been in my top 10 ever since I first heard it. So I would definitely say that one as well. That's a lot of variety too. You've got you've got <laughs> Treacherous, which is very specific. And then you've got mm -hmm. the story of us and Mir these two songs are very, very different. Yeah. <laughs> That's variety. You've got range. <laughs> Thank, you. Thank you. I love that for you. Um, okay, so this this next part is um, Taylor Swift rapid fire. Um, I will give you two Taylor Swift songs, um, and you just tell me which one you prefer. Um, pretty. I tried to make I try to make them really difficult um, by picking okay. drastically different songs. Um, there's one from each album all of them are different albums so I I just want to hear your thoughts um, all right I'm ready to go <laughs> this is my favorite part every time um, <laughs> okay so this is <laughs> this is really funny because I just recorded Dear John and had the same thing happen to what just happened here where you told me what songs you would give a 13 just know these were all pre-planned I have not done anything since <laughs> um and the first one is you all over me or treacherous <laughs> I think you know the answer it's treacherous unless you changed it in between the last like two minutes <laughs> I literally just like the other day I made a TikTok where I ranked like all of Taylor's vault tracks and like you all over me is like towards the bottom <laughs> I have not listened to that song since it came out I'm gonna be honest I'm literally like this podcast is going to cancel me so hard <laughs> it's me I'm gonna be the one canceling <laughs> you <laughs> I I totally respect it though. I feel, I find myself listening to the Red Vault tracks a lot more than the mm -hmm. the Fearless ones, except for like Mr. Perfectly Fine, which was really popular, mm -hmm. and I really like Bye Bye Baby. But the rest, I'm kind of just like, yeah. Honestly, like I don't mean to be rude, and you can cut this out of the podcast, but like <laughs> no, I'm leaving it in here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I listened to the Fearless Vault tracks like once or twice, like all the way through, and then I was like they're kind of boring. <laughs> I, <laughs> no offense to Taylor Swift if she ever listens to this, um, but like you all over me when we were happy and, or we were happy, whatever it's called. And that's when all sound like the same song. And yeah. Like I get them confused, like so bad. And it's so embarrassing. Like Sometimes I'm like, I'm not even a Swifty. I don't know the words to any of these songs. No, she chose the right song to make a promotional <laughs> single album, for that album yeah. by Mr. Dropping Mr. Perfectly Fine because that was also the song that tons of people were going to catch on to because it's a banger. Yeah. And honestly, I was kind of disappointed, honestly, because I was like, oh, we're going to get vault tracks like un never never heard before songs. Right. And then we got them and I was like, there's probably a reason your producer didn't want to put these on the album. Or Taylor Swift. I, I mean, <laughs> honestly, I, I, I'm really glad she stepped it up with the Red Vault tracks, mm -hmm. though, because so many of them are. I, the only one I, I can't get with is Run, but like yeah. the rest of them are miles above the other ones. And obviously she wrote them four years later when she had more thoughts in her head and more songwriting and whatnot. So not to discredit those other ones. I'm sure they're great. Do I listen to them? No, but they're great. Probably. <laughs> um, no, yeah. The red vault tracks really like, they made me more excited to hear the rest of the vault tracks for the other albums. Cause like with, after fearless came out, I was like, I mean, they're fine, but I'm not going to like get over hyped about it or anything. Um, so I definitely was excited after I heard the red ones. Cause I'm like, okay, She's making a comeback with these vault tracks. 100%. I'm way happier with these. I'm sure she saw like a tweet or two that was like, 
I'm never going to listen to That's When ever in my entire <laughs> life. So she, she went and recorded a feature with Ed Sheeran again, as if they don't already have two or three other ones. And she was like, maybe they'll like this. So you know what, Taylor Swift, you did, you did something right. They, she gave us Babe and Better Man and yeah. I would die for those songs. So I think uh, with Red, she definitely like stepped it up to where she was listening more to what the fans wanted because uh-huh. Red is a very popular album. So people had high expectations and she really like met them where the expectations right. were. Except for that one part and we're never, ever getting back together. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Don't even get me started. <laughs> I'm just going to grab it and drag it through the mud. Uh, okay, back to Taylor Swift rapid fire. Um, this next one is Death by a Thousand Cuts or New Year's Day. Oh, that's so hard. I Right now I'm going to have to go with Death by a Thousand Cuts, but I love New Year's Day too. Rightfully so. I Death by a Thousand Cuts is top 10 for me. I, mm-hmm. uh, the banger. Um Okay, this one's drastically different. Um, My Tears Ricochet or Mary's Song from debut. Oh my gosh, that's like so different. Um, I'm going to have to go with My Tears Ricochet. I love Mary's Song though. Mm -hmm. It's so good. Um, And I definitely grew up on that song. But I think the songwriting on My Tears Ricochet is like it you can't compare one from like 30 year old Taylor to like 16 year old Taylor. Obviously like they're, they're great in their own right and whatnot, mm-hmm. but I, I agree. My tears ricochet. And I'm not even like a huge fan of my tears ricochet just because I think like, it's really, really sad and I don't like to listen <laughs> to it. Um, but I agree. I am totally with you. Um, this next one, similar themes, different albums. This is dear John or better man. I'm definitely gonna have to go with Dear John. I'm not gonna lie, I do like Better Man, but I think like we talked about this earlier, but like the songwriting on Dear John is just so heartbreaking. And I feel like Better Man also is kind of like, it's a little bit more upbeat kind of thing. So you don't necessarily have to be like in your feels to enjoy it. Yeah. Um, And I think Dear John, I also like grew up on that one as well, so. 100%. 100%. I listen to Better Man every day on my drive to work and my drive home. And I'm in a happy relationship. Like my boyfriend's on the other side of the door. And I don't, I'm never in my fields. Oh, but I'm the still, other side of the door. <laughs> I'm still screaming the lyrics all the way home. So I agree. I agree. Dear John is like, I haven't listened to that song all the way through in a hot minute because it makes me really, really sad. So yeah. you're right. You're right. Um, this last one is a closer track, which is um, clean or evermore definitely clean okay <laughs> there that was there was a right answer there <laughs> dude we're gonna get dragged so hard on this podcast it's fine I'm I'm <laughs> me and at green eggs and ham are the ultimate evermore haters so the I thing is, like I don't hate evermore but like they're like the cult following of evermore is so terrifying like you're so brave for putting yourself out there and being like look I don't really like this album that much um and yeah I have friends who are like hardcore like evermore over folklore people I definitely I listen to folklore like a hundred percent way more Mm -hmm. than evermore and it's a good album but the song evermore like I'll listen to it up until Bonnie Bear comes in (laughs) and skip it I like I'll like, when I'm in the car listening to it, I will listen to Taylor's part. Bon Iver mm-hmm. will come in and then I will skip to the part where they kind of like sing together and overlap because I like yeah. those moments. But yeah, the rest of so it- So you skip like a oh. minute of the song. Yeah, like a whole minute of this three minute song. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on, Taylor's version of Evermore where it's just Taylor. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I also want like just a Taylor's version of like all the collabs that she's done. That like, would be- with I like. Would- yeah, like right. of Endgame, Loki kind of want just like the Reputation Stadium tour version where it's just one verse. Yeah, <laughs> she only did her. It would be like <laughs> chorus, her verse, chorus. It's over. Yeah. <laughs> it's a, a forty-five second song. <laughs> I would love to see it. Taylor's version of Endgame, but it's just her rap. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> um, 
Uh, well, those those were all of my questions. Um, this was this was a great conversation. If you would like the floor, or if you would like to share, say, question anything, the floor is yours. If you want it, speak now or forever hold your peace. That's a lot of pressure, man. <laughs> You're welcome. Pressure. <laughs> um, I'm not sure. Okay, I do have one question, and is that has there ever been a time where speak now wasn't your number one? favorite Taylor Swift album like were you ever in a phase of like questioning it oh I this is gonna get me canceled I know <laughs> um you're like no 100% only speak now 100%. um honestly when lover came out mm. I I think it was probably because unlike um oh you you could you can probably relate to this a little bit but unlike a lot of the people who were following Taylor Swift at the time I was in a happy relationship and <laughs> lover coming out while I was falling in love was like a moment for me and I I think that's why it's it's still number two on my ranking like it's, mm -hmm. it's I there were moments where I was like if false god was not on lover lover would be my number one album but false god is right there and it's the only reason it's number two because I I think that controversial opinion lover folklore and speak now have her best storytelling songs okay hot take hot take with songs like cruel summer and death by a thousand cuts and daylight i just think that those songs are so powerful and then there's false god and you're like <laughs> maybe not um and i guess you need to calm down i can't really get around you need to calm down I think it's so funny that like the one song you pick on is false god when like me and you need to calm down are literally right there I I, I think me and you need to calm down fit the album a lot better than false god hot take but I, I honestly I don't think I'll ever like the first time I listened to the lover album I listened I I have never done it with any other songs except for Cowboy Like Me and False God, where I listened to the first 10, 15 seconds and I was like, I don't think I'm ever going to yeah. listen to this. <laughs> and I skipped it on my first listen and I listened to it once all the way through when Jesse said it was good. And I was like, you lied to me. Um, <laughs> so You're like, you're done. <laughs> and, and you're done. Um, so in conclusion, briefly, when listening to the first 12 tracks of lover i did think that it was going to be my number one album and then i heard false god and i was like because even like the only song on speak now that i don't really like is better than revenge mm -hmm. and like even then like i don't hate that song as much as i hate false god because false god is <laughs> false god and cowboy like me are the only taylor swift songs that i hate and i will not listen to so <laughs> there's my hot take that i'll say a billion times if i need to <laughs> That's so funny. I find it so funny that like you hate false God and then Jesse hates it's nice to have a friend and it's like you guys are together and you like it's just stand so the opposite song. So silly. It's like I think he only likes false God because I hate it. And I think he only hates it's nice to have a friend because yeah, he's always like, it's nice to have a friend, it doesn't go anywhere, it doesn't do anything for me. And I'm just like, what do you mean it doesn't go anywhere? They get married. <laughs> There's a whole story there. He's a 1989 stand, so I, I don't trust his opinion. Yeah, at all. no. Honestly, <laughs> no. like a lot of times I forget 1989 exists. Is that wrong to say? <laughs> oh, I literally, it's like it was at the bottom of my ranking above debut yeah. before Evermore came out. And then I was like, <laughs> <laughs> still bottom three <laughs> i i just can't i just can't get with it and i don't think i ever will um but in conclusion speak now is still my favorite album mm -hmm. and i think it always will be unless she releases some other self-written masterpiece that has the complexity that speak now has because you can do folklore and evermore when you're collaborating with artists like Boney Bear and The National because all of their songs sound like folklore and evermore. And I think that Speak Now is incredible in its own right because it was solo written yeah. and has variety and doesn't all sound the same. And I will die on the hill that Speak Now is Taylor Swift's best album.
I definitely agree with you on that. Oh, wait, I have another question. Oh. The next, so sorry, this is going to go on forever. But, um, this is a two hour episode. Buckle <laughs> up. Um, if like, if slash when Taylor Swift releases another album, that's not a re-recording, what sound would you want her to go with? Oh, uh, I really want like a full-blown pop rock album. Like, yeah. <laughs> give us give us the story of us in state of grace fully explored and mm-hmm. i would die for that cuz she's experimented with it and all of those songs sound so good amazing like yeah. holy ground i i could i yeah yeah if she did a full <laughs> pop rock album i think that would be the end for me i think i would die um 100% are you in the same boat for like yeah for sure i feel like you know when the whole like woodvale thing was like in its peak I saw so many people be like if she releases another like folksy album I'm not standing her anymore (laughs) and it's like I wouldn't go that far but I'm also like Folklore and Evermore had their moment like they're great but we need to move on to another era of something different because like her whole thing is like switching up her sound at least a little bit between every single era and I don't want her to be like in this Folklore Evermore type of thing for the rest of her career yeah and I think uh, the only problem that I had when people were making that statement and they were like oh we need to like she needs to do something different not another folksy album and I my brain just kept going back to what she said in like the lover era where she was like you know like women just constantly have to reinvent themselves to have a hit and she was like when I transitioned from speak now to red and red to 1989 all of these albums are so drastically different that when she released Folklore and Evermore and they sounded almost identical, it was like, she was like, oh, I'm doing this for me. I don't need to please anyone. I'm doing yeah. this because I've got all these songs that I love. And I was like, girl, if you want to release 15 indie alternative <laughs> albums, do you go for it. Collab with Lana Del Rey. I don't think anyone will listen, but you're doing it for you. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I will always listen to her music, like no matter what she releases. But at the same time, I'm like, you know, there's there comes a point where you have to change. And it's not just like because she's a woman. It's the same for every single artist. Mm -hmm. If you keep rehashing the same album, but in different fonts, like over and over and over again, you're going to fall off. And you see that a lot with a lot of other artists and bands. Right. I think like the only artist I can see that not apply to is Ed Sheeran. And I think that's oh, still here. <laughs> oh, <is he> still... <laughs> this man has literally gone through every math symbol and just recreated the same album and added like one new instrument every single time. And I have no idea how this man is still somewhere in the top 10 of the Billboard Hot 100 charts every single week. Like I, I just, I, I feel like him and up until recently, Justin Bieber, they've both mm-hmm. kind of got away with doing the same thing over and over and over again. And I'm like so scared for Miss Olivia Rodrigo, who just had one of the mm-hmm. biggest albums of the year. And she's going to go and she's going to look at it and she's going to be like, I need to do something drastically different. Our people are going to be bored of me. And it's like, like poor, I just feel like there's such a weird expectation for, for music artists, but specifically like women, because people get bored of them because men can do the bare minimum a lot and <laughs> they'll be praised yeah I. it's honestly so true and I feel like Olivia with her case sour was so huge like she had such a huge breakout but that set such a high expectation uh-huh. for her next album which I feel like Taylor got rather lucky because debut it's a great album and it, it did well at the time but fearless like it was Fearless was more of her breakout album than debut was. So I feel like she didn't have all that pressure and expectation on her from the very beginning. Of course it was there after Fearless, but like she kind of had a bit more room to like get her feet wet in the industry and kind of make her own sound. She had a lot more time to think about it. Whereas Olivia Rodrigo, like uh, the girl, she's 17, 18, like this, this is to have like a huge monumental moment as your first album. I can only imagine the amount of stress that, she's feeling trying to create something bigger and better that I just, my brain couldn't process how you are yeah, going to Yeah, absolutely not. <laughs> and I keep those two things coming out in two such drastically different times. Like 
2006 in Tennessee, Nashville and doing as well as she did compared to 2021 with social media and the Yeah, the world TikTok is has. so different now. Yes. And it's crazy. And I, I'm excited to see what Olivia does next. But I, like you, I'm also like, a little bit worried. Yeah, <laughs> like no. this could go all sorts of different ways. 100%. And I think, I think that whatever she does, I, I'm so excited to listen to it. Um, mm-hmm. But I think that Olivia has um, like, I don't know where sour falls on your like most listened to albums from last year. If you listen to it a lot, because I did. And I <laughs> feel like it's like very similar to speak now in the sense mm-hmm. that her album doesn't her album tracklist doesn't make any sense and she justifies it at the beginning when she says like at the end of brutal she's like got a broken ego broken heart don't even know where to start and that makes sense so everything is just like she's just jumping around like yeah are all my thoughts it's like her speak now except she didn't self-write it she wrote it with one <laughs> other guy but respect to that she did write most of them by herself so mm-hmm. I it's it's so interesting to see. I definitely agree. And I saw some people like right after it came out, people saying online, like, oh, she picked the wrong singles for this album because it's mostly ballads. And she put out like these like really poppy or like more rocky songs. And I'm like, you're not getting the point. Like, like you said, it is very similar to speak now in that it has such big diversity between songs Mm -hmm. and that's the point of it it's not supposed to all sound the same and you can't I don't get when like people are saying that that she's like a like a singles artist or she picked like the the wrong singles but you what's she gonna do she gonna put like enough for you on the radio I don't like make it make sense (laughs) yeah and then it's like what did you expect from her? She's like, she's a brand new artist. Obviously she has to put out like the strongest songs as the singles, which I don't think that should always happen, but I think she picked the perfect um, amount and like the perfect songs to be the singles because they all got huge. Like they got huge for a reason. And obviously that promoted her album even more and even if it wasn't what people were expecting, they still got to experience it and judge for themselves whether or not they liked it. 100%. And it's it's so interesting because the three songs that she did really as a singles were also drastically different already that you yeah. couldn't get a sense of what the album was going to be in the first place because Driver's License doesn't sound anything like Good For You. Good For You doesn't sound anything like Deja Vu. It's right like you don't know what you're getting anyway so and then was I a little disappointed when I listened to the album and the rest of them were ballads yes but (laughs) I respect that because she can make her I didn't write the album I'm not the biggest best-selling artist of 2021 it's like I it let the girl do what she wants yeah and it's crazy to me that like so many people think that they know better than her when it's like she wrote these songs she knows the story behind them she knows like everything it took to go into the instrumentals and the writing and the whole process like why do you think you know better than her I feel like people underestimate her one because she's young and also because she's a woman and Mm -hmm. it's like that sucks (laughs) literally she's like how like she's like a teenage girl and people were like oh I'm so sick of her writing breakup songs like what is she gonna write about like She's 18. She probably hasn't done her taxes yet. Like, I just don't, I just don't get why people like the, my problem is people are so used to critiquing older artists like Taylor Swift and um, Ed Sheeran even. And these artists who write these lyrically complex songs or whatnot, but to have these like 35 year old article writers critiquing a 17 year old releasing her debut album, just something about it didn't sit right with me. And I was like, for sure. And I'm so scared that Olivia is going to get the same treatment as Taylor Swift did like throughout her career. And it's like, you would think we learned from Taylor, like what not to do. Like she got judged so harshly by everyone for dating people. (laughs) Like, isn't that so insane just to even say out loud that like, oh, yeah, people canceled her because she dated a lot of people. <laughs> like, and it's even then like a reasonable amount for when you're in your <laughs> 20s. Like I, something just, I don't get it. I don't get it. People just hate successful women and it shows. Mm-hmm. And I'm so scared for Olivia that she's going to get the same treatment. Like, you know what? 
her next album could also be a breakup album and that would be totally fine every like, album can be a breakup album she can yeah. write as soon as you're making the money and the 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 have the same level of success as olivia rodrigo i'm sure you could write a breakup album too you and honestly like <laughs> like her career like she could choose to like stop being a performing artist tomorrow she would still have right. more money than all of us combined so Literally. like <laughs> she's done the darn thing and gone all the way with it so more power to her she deserves that honestly yeah like good for you <laughs> good for you you're right good for you um but in conclusion, we love the story of us. And <laughs> it's truly one of Taylor Swift's best written songs. But um, I love getting to have crazy off the rail conversations like this and getting to discuss. I'm so things. sorry about that. No, no, this is this is like what I look for when I whenever I do one of these episodes. I'm hoping something like this happens because I love to just talk with people and listen to what their thoughts are. And yeah, I know we're here to talk about a Taylor Swift song, but if you can go for x amount of minutes hours and talk you know about it's crazy how we can connect all these things in general mm-hmm. and i just really appreciate it that we didn't come on here and have a robotic conversation not that that ever happens on this podcast i'm not <laughs> drugging anyone else i'm just saying it has never happened before never happened before um <laughs> check out a few of these episodes no i'm just kidding um i loved every single one that i've done so um, it's really great when people come on and bring their notes and are prepared, but also be able to have such an organic conversation. And mm-hmm. I just really appreciate it. And I really appreciate you. So thank you. For... Yeah, of course. I'm so happy we finally got to do this. <laughs> yes, me too. It's been a journey, but you know mm-hmm. what? We made it here. We did, we did the darn thing. Um, mm-hmm. And um I, I guess if we don't have any more questions or anything, I feel like we covered a lot of bases outside of the baseball field that we didn't mean to, but we did. We were hitting home runs over Literally, and over again. Full circle. We <laughs> talked about Olivia Rodrigo and circled it all the way back to speak now. So Heck it's, yeah. it's a theater kid in us. It's very impressive to endure um (laughs) so that was all i have for this episode of the long podcast studio sessions uh once again thank you gracie for being here to talk about my all-time favorite song story of us um and i hope that the people listening enjoyed this episode and the crazy long spiel that we went on (laughs) um i really appreciate it and i hope you did as well um, have a great rest of your day, night, morning, afternoon, evening, whatever it may be. And, uh, stay safe, wash your hands, drink water. That's it. Adios. (laughs) Bye everyone. (laughs)